I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, January 28, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So we had, in a sense, a couple of wild days since the last video. The last video was on Thursday. We had a big up day on Friday, and now today we had a down day taking back the up day. So basically, since Thursday, nothing happened. Now, I did get some emails over the weekend in terms of, are you going to make a video? Because everybody got concerned with the big update, what's going on, it's not working, it's not what you said. None of that is true. Let me cover what we're discussing one more time for those of you that somehow were unclear on what was discussed. What we said was we were getting into a zone for a turn, a time zone, and then we got into the price zone for a turn. That doesn't mean the next day. The market did turn the next day. Started talking about the turn here, talked about it here. The market dropped the following day. Go back to the video tapes. We also started discussing the fact that we had this downsloping trend line that became attractive to the market. For me, at least, from a daily chart perspective, that's attractive. Right now, we seem to be putting in what looks like a daily chart bullish pattern. I know a case could be made for a bearish pattern, and there can be, and we can certainly have another down day or two. But right now, on the daily chart, the uptrend has still not been broken, and what's more important, and this came out in the midday update, and I'm going to get to that in a moment, the 263 number once again recaptured in the middle of the day and closed above 263. I think that's extremely important. As long as the market continues to recapture, whether it's on an hourly basis or a daily basis, as long as the market continues to recapture 263, I like the market on the bullish side. Once we start closing below hourly and then daily 263, something else may be going on, but keep in mind there's a safety net down below. And the safety net happens to be the last breakup candle low. So here's what I'm referring to. So the last breakup candle low is from the 17th. The low is 259.96. And that's where we develop the story that I like based on what the charts are telling me until proven otherwise. As long as this market stays above 259.96, worst case, that's on daily chart closes. As long as it stays above there, worst case, it's still bullish. However, the more we stay above 263, the more likely we are to sooner rather than later end up at this downsloping trend line or higher. Now remember, there's always the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate component. So we have to keep this in mind. I've got my eye on a target on the upside, but I have to be aware of the downside. There could be more downside. Today was, while we did recover toward the end of the day, the afternoon session climbed their way back to finish near the opening of the day. Not necessarily anywhere near where we closed the day on Friday, but it was still somewhat of a positive close nonetheless. A positive close 
inside of a down day. That's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate part may be send the market down once again in the morning. If they recapture 263, I'm here to tell you that's a bullish sign. No two ways about it. So let me reiterate that. Let's say we have another down morning or a down opening on Tuesday morning and we recapture 263 at some point during the day based on hourly closes. I'm going to look at that as bullish. I'm going to want to be inside of a long trade until and unless we close back below 263. That's the way I'm going to treat that. Worst case 259.96, closing hourly below that, something not bullish is going on. And there's your both sides of the market. Before we go any farther, let me just take a pause and thank everybody who makes comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. Please keep up the great work. Keep the conversation going. I love the banter back and forth. In addition, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Now, a moment ago, I mentioned midday update. I want to talk for a second about inside the numbers. A, I want to thank everybody who patiently waited for the official release of Inside the Numbers. So I want to thank everybody who registered, signed up right away. We're off to a great start. Now, I have to take a mulligan for today because, as you know, anything like this, when you roll something out, there's going to be people that have login issues early in the day, and I had to attend to those people. So truth be told, there really wasn't that many trades on the board that were really available. I couldn't do two things at once. I really had to take care of the people that paid for the service I didn't even take any trades myself but more importantly let's take a look at what we were discussing this morning inside the numbers and see what happened throughout the day so I want to give you a snapshot of what was said in the pre-market Sunday night futures open down that was obvious last week markets were consolidating or winding up for another move Friday the move got underway now we know the markets coming back and we know the market likes to come back and check in at former breakout and former breakdown areas when you look at the chart from an hourly perspective, you see a very distinct gap left open from Friday. Now, this was made or this was put out before the market really melted down closer to the open. But I left it as is. It was posted even before 9 o'clock or even slightly a little after 9 o'clock. Food for thought right now. We need to let markets open and see how they feel about the gap and whether or not they find footing. Well, we know that now, but that's what was said right around 9 a.m., if markets don't find early support around 26.45 or so, it's likely they'll dip into another 10 handles, should be dip another 10 handles. That means into the 30s, right? So the gap would mean the ES gets into at least the high 26.30s. How do things turn back to the bullish side? And I'm going over this in a little detail so you understand what's in the report every day. Well, we don't have to worry about the bullish side because that didn't happen. Let's go on further to the next column or the next line, which is while this decline may materialize into more, let's not fall in love with the downside until and unless the ES begins getting below and closing hourly below 26.25. They'll, the bulls, likely put up a fight at 26.25. 10.30 a.m. update. Pretty remarkable how important 263 is. And it's really higher than 26.25, but I was signaling or zeroing in on 263 and corresponding price in the ES because I love the fact 
that this 263 comes up over and over. Frankly, it makes trading somewhat easier when you know what the obvious pivot is during the day. Right now, that's my bogey. Hourly closes back below or bearish and likely to break the lows. Above is at least not bearish. Notice I'm not saying bullish. I said not bearish. We'll go back and take a look at the intraday chart in a moment. We had a morning gap trade on the board. We had Caterpillar, the first target, did not work. The second target did work. So that was pretty much a wash. And then stocks on the move, we only had one that hit its level today, one that hit its target entry, which was VALE. It did give a very nice bounce from that level. We'll take a look at the chart of that one in a moment. Normally, there'll be more on the list in the morning on a day like today. But like I said, I had to do what I had to do. Index important numbers, you can take a snapshot of that. The numbers are good. The numbers are the numbers. I go about the approach in figuring out the numbers in every single market, on every every single chart, nothing changes. We'll take a look at crude oil too because there's some interesting numbers in crude oil. Then moving right along in this inside the numbers report, we have a couple of swing trade opportunities that popped up. These are open and active, COP and USO. COP is ConocoPhillips, USO is an oil tracking exchange traded product. Any trader can choose whatever they want. I'm thinking there's a long trade in oil and USO at 1085, that's my target. And I shouldn't have given away those swing trades. Sorry about that, paid members. All right, let's wrap up the spiders and then we'll move it along. So if we look at it from a schematic point of view, we have something like this. I like to look at things from a lot of different perspectives just so we get it, right? I didn't mean to draw a squiggly line. We're going to do that over. That's not my style. So I don't know where that came from, but let's give that another shot. So here we have a line. And so that's basically a straight line up from the bottom around Christmas. Now, this is just bullish consolidation. It's a bull flag pattern if you want to stretch the truth a little bit. This is not bearish. This is eating time off the clock. This is the market's way of eating time off the clock, building energy for another move higher. We did put in a turning point and still have yet to breach that high from several days ago, but instead of selling off, the market's going sideways. That's generally telling us something. Maybe we'll sell off. Maybe we'll continue to go sideways. If we continue to go sideways, at least from my perspective, that's the market's way of signaling higher prices are coming. If we go down to an hourly chart, what do we see? Well, we see what could be a bearish pattern. So we see the flip side of everything I just discussed on the daily chart. We see the flip side on the hourly chart. You have to consider this a big down or breakdown candle, and this is a bear flag pattern or bearish consolidation generally will play out to the downside, hence 259.96. If we see this market in the early going tomorrow, meaning Tuesday morning, down around 260, 261, 260 and a half, 259 and a half, you have to take a look and see if there's an opportunity to identify a sign or signal of a trend change. If so, and we recapture 263, that would be bullish. I know that's the third time I said that, and it's the third time for a reason. 
about the IWM? So as you know, this is my favorite market leading indicator and the IWM was down less than the spider today. Relative strength against the S&P 500. I think that's information that's important enough to have it be a puzzle piece and put it on the table. What do you think? When you look at the daily chart of the IWM, it even looks better than the chart of the S&P 500 or the spider chart. This is more bullish. We're a little above the moving averages. We're consolidating underneath what was once important at 147.50. Now, the more we beat on that price level, the more likely we are to bust through to the upside, go and challenge the breakdown candle high. Where's the breakdown candle high? Right here. What's slightly below that? The 100 period moving average sounds interesting to me. If we start to get an uplift in the market, an up move, if the market starts to move north, look for the IWM to challenge that area around 152 to 153 in the bullish case. On the bearish case, what happens if the market falls again tomorrow? Where's the IWM likely to find the best level of support, at least from a very short-term perspective, would be 144, maybe slightly below. That would be an area that coincides with the same concept we just discussed in the SPY. We always look at the transports, and the reason is, is because it's my second favorite market-leading indicator. The transports were basically flat today. So is that telling us something? Is it a bullish or a bearish chart? Well, similar to the S&P 500, similar to the IWM, it looks bullish. We're in slightly different position as it relates to the moving averages when you look at the transports versus the other markets. However, the chart looks the same. From a visual perspective, it looks the same. It's not bearish. It is bullish. What's the bogey on the downside if we were to fall? It's a little far away. I'm not sure we would get there in one shot, but 9,600, that would be quite an ugly day for the transports. I'm not saying I expect that by any means. I'm just saying you can see that's the obvious breakout area. That's all. And by the way, we've already tested that, as you can see here. That was on the uh, 23rd. We basically tested that. So if we were to come down that way, just for argument's sake, in a hypothetical, or just for learning purposes, just looking at this chart, when I see that an area was already tested, if the market came back to that area, I'm no longer interested in that area. I don't want the sloppy seconds. Technology, looking over at the queues, technology got taken out behind the woodshed today. The semiconductors got taken out behind the woodshed today because NVIDIA got taken out behind the woodshed today. It all flows downstream toward the back of the woodshed. But look what happened. We finished at the highs of the day in the queues. Again, not that we won't go down tomorrow. We certainly can, but that's a positive, not a negative. I'm just teaching you how to read the result of what happened. You take your bias, you put it in the desk drawer or in your back pocket, you look at the chart and you say, what is this telling me? And the chart of the cues, the finish on the daily chart of the cues, right here, right now, is a bullish close in a down day. Doesn't have to mean anything directly. I'm just trying to show you how I look at the information. Remember, going inside my mind is a very, very dangerous place to be. Ask my wife. She doesn't want to go anywhere near my mind. The financials. So the XLF was down basically a quarter of 1%, 7 cents. It's more of a rounding error than anything else. Is there any trouble in the financials? This is how I'm looking at it. 
I look at the financials and the XLF, and the XBD was down a little bit more, but not much more. We'll focus on the XLF. So I look at the XLF and I say, is there anything wrong with this chart? Is it telling me it's going to drop? Is it bearish or is it bullish? Yes, we may drop tomorrow, but the chart is telling me it's bullish. So that's the information I'm conveying. The chart is saying bullish without the financials falling apart. Is it likely the market falls apart? No, it's not likely at all. We just went over this. The SMH representative of the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, $95. Basically, at the close today, we were down 2 bucks from the high on Friday. Not that big of a deal. Again, that's not a negative. That's a positive. NVIDIA got killed, but the SMH recovered. Look at the hourly chart. What's that telling you? Under normal conditions, I can tell you right now, until and unless we close hourly below 93 bucks, this is going higher. NVIDIA, on the other hand, got murdered today, down 14% at the end of the day. It was down a lot more earlier. But doesn't the chart of NVIDIA look the opposite if I do this, right? Listen, watch this. It looks the opposite if I do this, and I'm doing this for a reason. Because that's the close from Friday. And then I go like this. That's a bearish pattern. That'll say lower prices. But if I do it like this and I draw it from the bottom today and then I do the same thing I just did with the SMH, that means higher prices. So which one is it going to be? The reason I just did that is I want to point out to you something that's extremely important. Most everybody has a bias in whatever they're reporting to you on the market if I want to I can point out anything on a chart and if I make it sound logical I can make a bullish or a bearish case if I don't give you the whole story I just gave you the whole story in Nvidia I can't tell you whether Nvidia is gonna go up or down tomorrow what I can tell you is from the low today it's a bullish pattern on an hourly chart from the high on Friday it's a bearish pattern and there's a lot of space from the high on Friday to where the close was on Monday. So therefore, would this be a good risk-reward trade in either direction? And the answer is, right now at this point, no. What about Apple? Everybody wants to still talk about Apple. Apple's going to report earnings after the closing bell on Tuesday. Keep in mind, there's an old nickname for Tuesday. We'll see what happens tomorrow. But the nickname is Turnaround Tuesday. We'll see what happens tomorrow and what the market has in store for all of us. So what's going to happen after earnings to Apple? I have no idea. But from where I sit right now, that's what I see. If Apple was to rally after earnings, I think there's a lot of resistance at 165. It doesn't mean, and it's more just because of the moving average that's there. That's the 50-period moving average. That's not the only reason. But here's the situation. When I say resistance... It doesn't mean it's a short. That means if you're long, that could be a potential exit, whether it's a portion of, or all of a position. It doesn't always mean it's a short trade. It can mean it's a short trade, but right now, I see resistance at 165. What happens if Apple falls? I still think there's a lot of support at 148. That's the way I see it now. Things may change tomorrow. We'll see what happens during the trading day. 
But I'm not necessarily taking a position in Apple ahead of earnings. I wouldn't do that. I don't know which way it's going to go. Nobody does. It's really just a guess because they can report good earnings and the stock can fall. They can report poor earnings. The stock drops after hours and then next scene shows an hour or two later the stock's up. You don't know what's going to happen. What I'm able to do is give you what I believe to be the logical areas of support and resistance But to predict which way it's going to go after earnings, that's not something I'm capable of doing. How about if we switch gears for a second and talk about gold? We took a vacation from gold for a couple of days, and it rallied in the meantime. So Friday, it had a tremendous up day. We were discussing the fact that it was starting to make a bearish pattern, and I was looking to get into gold maybe down at 1270 or a little bit lower. It turned around and went the other way. I didn't have a dog in the fight either way, but now we're above 1300 So what's going on? What's the story? Well, as far as I can see, the story right now is about 1315 give or take, maybe on a spike up to 1320 Anything other than that, and there's something else going on, and there would likely be one of those, and this is an air quote thing, fear trade reasons why everybody's running into gold. I think that's a bunch of nonsense. There's no such thing really as a fear trade nobody's buying gold because they fear the stock market is going down i shouldn't say nobody there are people that buy gold but they buy physical gold they don't buy a commodity on an exchange they're not buying paper gold they're not buying gld they're not buying options they're not buying futures contracts to be traded the next day or the same day on the fear trade They're buying because they think other people are buying the same thing, driving the price higher. That's the only reason they're buying. But I don't care either way. I'm telling you 1315, maybe on the outside of 1320. Outside of that, and there's probably higher prices coming up to 1330, 35, but there would likely be something going on that's most likely driving the stock market lower. Don't take that to the bank. That's just speculation. Crude oil. Why are those horizontal lines on the screen? I'll get to those in a moment. But crude oil has been making really a bull flag pattern for quite a while. And it continues. We had a big down day on Monday in crude oil. However, that didn't really do anything to dissuade the bullish pattern from developing. Let's take a look at what the intraday looked like in crude oil today. Now, this is a 10-minute pit session chart. I'm not 100% sure on this particular chart whether the pit session hours directly relate to the pit session in crude oil. could be off by an hour. However, you get the point. The point is, is this is the numbers. These are the numbers from the Inside the Numbers report. Look what happened. 5140 was a support level. It was an important number. We made a low just pennies below that number. Look where we first found support on the way down. We had 51.85, just pennies around that particular price level. And then look what happened. We rallied back, found resistance below that, consolidated. What happens when markets do that? What are they doing? They're building energy to go higher. Is this chart any different than any of the other charts that we've looked at tonight? Is it different than anything else I've ever discussed? It's a 10-minute chart. I say the same thing on hourly charts, daily charts. It makes no difference. All charts act and react the same way. This is the same thing that's taught in the course at LazyEminiTrader.com. It's your choice whether you want to learn the information or not. And from here, I'm going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. 
My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.